Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Most companies out there, their brand doesn't add value to the gift, so they should leave it off and make it all about the recipient, not the giver. Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger. Today we're talking with my friend John Rulin, who is an expert on both networking and gift giving, as, as weird as that might sound, and author of a book called Giftology, which is essentially about the art slash science of networking and gift giving. Now this is kind of a weird combination, but bear with us. We're gonna talk about how gifts and generosity make people at work want to help you, how to become an attention broker and stand out above the noise, how to get past gatekeepers, turn them into your advocates, and why many people are wasting their networking dollars slash time and what they should invest in when it comes to relationships. And of course, as the holidays draw closer, we're gonna talk a little bit about why your significant other might hate your gifts and what you can do to make sure he or she is blown away by future gift selections. So we're glad to have you here with us today at AOC. Enjoy this one with my friend, John Rulin. And by the way, if you're new to the show, we'd love to send you some top episodes and the AOC Toolbox, where we discuss things like reading body language and nonverbal communication, the science of attraction, negotiation techniques, networking, mentorship, influence, persuasion tactics, and just about everything else that we teach here at The Art of Charm. If you're in the United States, you can text CHARMED to 33444, that's C-H-A-R-M-E-D to 33444. Everywhere else, just go to theartofcharm.com and also at theartofcharm.com slash podcast. That's where you'll find the full show notes for this and all previous episodes of the show. All right, here's John Rulin. John, thanks for coming back on the show, man. It's good to have you. Hi, Jordan. Thanks for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. Now, your book is called Giftology. You don't really have to read into it to get what the title means, but why an entire book on the the science or techniques or whatever of gift giving? Like Maybe the art of gift giving. I don't know. Why a whole book on this subject? Well, I, I would say for one, we scanned the world of books and even though Amazon publishes like 30,000 books a day or a week or some crazy number, like there was no like hardcore or really any book that was just around the topic of gifting, like whether in business or personal, that would really be a playbook and show you how it could be a competitive advantage in your life. And so when we realized nobody was talking about it and we had built an entire business around helping companies and pro sports teams do gifting at a high level. And we realized if nobody else is going to write it. We might as well put our freaking flag in the ground. And uh, we've been doing this for 16 years. We know a thing or two and started doing some interviews and realized there's enough here for a book. So let's do it. What exactly is the demand here? I mean, you've been doing gifting for 16 years. And why is this important? And why is this more complicated than just hitting up your local Walmart and picking up the nearest the nearest Whitman sampler? Well, I think that whether in business or personal, we're all human beings. You know, human beings make decisions based upon how they feel. Like emotional intelligence is really important. And I know you've talked about that a lot on your on your show. And so if people make decisions based upon how they feel, whether it's your spouse, your boss, your cousin, your client, what you do to actually show gratitude, appreciation to them can be a big deal because people will judge you based upon how you're showing appreciation, you know, whether it's your spouse or your significant other, whatever else. And so we saw over the last 16 years when working in the business world, particularly that we were able to, you know, deepen relationships and open doors, prospects and increase referrals and and help people really kind of move up the ladder in the business world by leveraging gratitude at a strategic level, not a, hey, it's Valentine's Day. Crap, I better pick up something at Walgreens on the way home. But, you know, when you're talking about your significant other, thinking about gratitude the way, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, would talk about it, which is do it when it's unexpected. Do it at times when your wife 
or your husband isn't thinking about gifting. So just pick a random day and say, just because I brought you these flowers or just because I was thinking of you, I wrote you a letter. And when you do things strategically and make people feel a certain way, they want to reciprocate. And it's amazing the relationships that you're able to deepen and, and strengthen and, and solidify by being strategic with something that most people will kind of view as a random afterthought or a check the box once a year at my anniversary or on a birthday. When you're strategic with it, it's really powerful. So how do we use the gifts and in a professional sphere? Because we understand for sure the concepts of reciprocity and creating feelings to spur beliefs and actions and things like that. But it seems like in the business realm and in our personal lives, often we can use gift giving the way that you do, which is in this cool, authentic way that also, say, elevates you to the level of maybe an attention broker. It, it creates a way for you to stand out. And it works really well without seeming like, here's a gift basket with a bunch of jams and sausage in it because we want you to buy our brand of tires, right? It works. What's going on there? Yeah, it, it works really well. And I, I think that in business, you know, there's a lot of noise. Like we're all, you know, moving at 100 miles an hour and we got our inboxes that are blowing up. Most people have all these special apps or assistants to look at their inboxes when they're at a certain level just because like there's so much noise. And so I have to rely on other forms of communication. And I think the beautiful thing about gifting is, especially if it's tangible, I call a lot of the gifts that we do artifacts because they're not consumable. And so when you can give somebody something that shows that you know the other person well and shows that you care, most lazy people in business will say, well, it's the thought that counts. I sent them a Starbucks gift card. That's not the thought that counts. It's the thoughtful thought. So when you're known in circles as being the thoughtful person, the person that goes the extra mile, I mean, some of the groups that we run in, you know, Jason Gaynor at Mastermind Talks and these different groups, it's oftentimes it's the same group of people that are getting together, you know, at a conference or an event or a retreat. But what elevates one over the other is all the little details of how the event was set up and the things that showed up ahead of the event and the handwritten note, you know, that was waiting for you when you got into the room and all these little things that show that you actually care about the other person. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all human beings, whether you're running a million dollar company or a $20 billion company, we're all humans and we crave that appreciation and that gratitude. And when people give it to us, I mean, it's why you see Amex with like the black card that costs five or 10 grand, like people love all levels love to be treated special and different and VIP. And I think that a lot of people go and will, you know, take people out to dinner or ball games or golf or all these other, you know, consumable experiences, but very few people have mastered the art of gifting. And so it's one of the few levers I think that are left in business that are kind of untapped to really show that you understand the person that you care and that you're really willing to take, you know, those extra steps to make that person feel that way. How do we know whether it's appropriate to actually give somebody a gift and what type of gift? Because it seems like one of the reasons that sometimes this seems inauthentic when other people do it is because it's just kind of, hey, good meeting you for five minutes at this random event. Here's this thing that you can download, which is like a fake gift, right? And then you've got other people who are like, hey, I want to send you something real quick. What's your address? And I'm like, wait, who is this again? And then they ask again and you give them like your mailing address for your office or something. And then this weird thing comes for you and you're like, oh, cool. And then the card's like, when can I be on your show or whatever? Not that that's ever happened to me, of course, but right. No, there's never. all kinds of stuff like that. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, ugh. and those are obvious examples of when it's not appropriate. Are there examples of when it's like, OK, this is the type of person where it's not only appropriate, but would yield some benefit in the long run or the short run if we were able to do this, if we were able to knock something out of the park? Yeah, I think that one of the biggest things that, you know, you have to ask yourself is what are your real intentions? Are you trying to give something as like a bait and switch or as a, hey, I'm going to give this to get this? I think everybody has a desire for there to be profit in their business and doors to be open and relationships to be deepened. But most people have this short term mindset where I give this and it's like a mousetrap. It better yield me this result. And so I think that if you can go into it with the intentions of I'm going to look to deepen this relationship and add value, that could be with opening a door, a connection, a referral, sending a gift, acknowledging them as a human being, you know, finding out that they love the Cubs and sending them something that's Cubs related. I think at the end of the day, like having that long term mindset, I think Dan Martell talked about like having that 50 year mindset when you're building relationships. And when you do that, that's your foundation. I think that all of a sudden, like people can feel when like there's strings attached to things versus anytime I sit down with somebody, I do this probably three to 400 times a year. 
if I get 30 minutes with somebody, 30 minutes of their time, if they're a CEO or business owner or, you know, a high profile person, their time's worth hundreds, if not thousands or tens of thousands of dollars per hour. So 30 minutes of their time, it's one of the most valuable resources that I could get from them. And so I send them a gift, just, you know, thanking them for carving out the time or whatever else with the knives and the different things that we do. And it's usually a hundred to $300 gift. And I don't ask for anything in return. It's just an acknowledgement of the 30 minutes or an hour or hour and a half, whatever the time amount was. And it's amazing how people are like, what's the catch? Like sometimes people are like, come on, John, like, what do you really want? And I'm like, you gave me 30 minutes of your time. I don't need anything else. And I'm hopeful that Mio, you know, maybe a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road that maybe there's things that will come out of it. But I've literally given out gifts like that where I'm like, I can't connect the dots myself. I can't figure out how I could ever collaborate with this person. And then like six years later, you know, they change, they open up a new company, they start a podcast. My cousin needs a job and they happen to be in that industry or whatever it is, like there ends up being a reason for why that relationship was established. But I think having that long-term mindset of just acknowledging people. And then when you do it, like not doing like goofy things like gift cards and, and jams and cheap bottles of wine, like gift like you mean it. And gift in a way that's like significant. Like if you say you're world-class and first-class and you're giving to other world-class and first-class people, you wouldn't take people out to McDonald's for dinner. Like you take them out to Morton's or some like high-end vegetarian restaurant or whatever. Or most people will take people out to really, really high-profile dinners and wine and clubs and golf outings. And then they gift like they're on food stamps. Like, hey, here's the $20 bar of chocolate with my logo on it. Like thank you so much for sitting down with me. Like it's the cheesiest stuff on the planet. And they don't realize that literally when you get that kind of stuff, like you think less of the person, not more of them. That's what the big thing is. You can actually spend money to have a negative consequence. I don't think people recognize that. That's a really good point. I never thought about the idea that if I were to take you out to dinner, like, hey man, thanks for lending me this expensive thing that I used. I'll take you out for a steak. I would take you out for a meal that would be 50 plus, maybe a hundred bucks, right? And so it's a lame, it would be super lame that if instead of that, I was like, you know, I'm gonna give John a gift. Let me send over one of my kind of cheap little snaggy polo shirts that's not quite, that's kind of itchy, that has like my logo cheaply embroidered on it. It's like the cheap embroidery where like the lines connect and you can see it. It's horrible. Like, thank you so much. Go be a billboard for me. Right. It's like the opposite of, appreciation, it's actually like manipulation at the highest level. Like I'm going to try to fake, like I'm saying, thank you by getting you to advertise my brand. And nobody on the planet like gets that and says, oh my gosh, nobody's ever given me a polo shirt before. Wow. I feel so appreciated. Now they may, because they're polite, say thank you. But in their head, they're thinking like, where's the nearest goodwill? I need to give this away. Like 99 out of a hundred of those polos and jackets and coolers and whatever people pass out end up being regifted, or they get it and they're like, I feel bad throwing this away. Like, that's not very green, but I'm not going to carry this. Like, it's the tackiest thing in the world to carry something around with a big old logo on it. But people do it and they spend billions of dollars every year doing it, thinking that they're smart marketers when really they're like actually doing the opposite of what they're trying to do. That's a really good point, right? So you can spend the money and end up making a lower impression that if you just didn't give that person anything but called them and said thanks or sent them a text, you'd be better off than like, here's a branded pen, right, <laughs> or whatever. Here's a mug that has my logo on it that you can use to have your coffee because you probably don't have any cups at your house. <laughs> Somebody gave me a mug recently, and I used to make fun of mugs. They literally call themselves a gift maker. They're like a potter, a clay person. They made a mug that tells my whole life story. And then they made one for my wife that tells my wife's whole life story. But it's a $200 mug. It literally, it took him five hours to make these mugs. He drove eight and a half hours to hand deliver them to me. I'd never met the guy. He read the book and was inspired, listened to a couple podcasts. He was like, man, I just want to do something nice for this guy. I just love what he does and teaches. Like he is cut from my cloth. It's a $200 mug. Now I have lots of mugs in my house, but because he made the gift all about me, Nothing about him, his logo, nothing about him is on the mug. It's all about me. My wife literally got tears in her eyes and invited him to stay at our house that night because he, she didn't want him to drive eight and a half hours home after driving eight and a half hours to our town because she was so moved by a freaking mug. But it's the coolest, most personal, one of the most personal gifts I've ever been given. And it was a freaking mug, but it was done right. 
And because it was done right, I'm talking about it to your millions of or hundreds of thousands of listeners because it moved me. So what do you usually give then? Because if we're talking some smack about polos and mugs that aren't handcrafted, what does work? One of the the hot buttons that's pretty common for most people is taking care of the inner circle. You know, so whether you're in business or personal, like you have these people that, you know, like when I travel and you travel, like we get taken care of really nice. We stay at nice places, you know, fly well, eat at great restaurants. Like it's hard to get on my radar. But if somebody does something nice for my inner circle, so my wife, my kids or my assistant, all of a sudden you get me because I look like the hero to my inner circle and the inner circle now is an advocate in talking about because they're not used to being included in the golf and the bourbon and the cigars and the different things that I get invited to. A lot of times it's giving gifts that include that inner circle and family. And so originally one of our go-to products and to this day is still one of the top. It sounds silly. It's like in business, really, you give these? And it's like, yeah, it works really well. And it's the knives. It's the Cutco knives. And the reason is, is because everybody, whether you're 25 years old or you're 75 years old, like most people have a kitchen in their house, they eat or entertain or host or whatever. And so giving something that's high end or handmade, practical, that's personalized, like when we send out, I send out a quarter million dollars a year with the gifts, whether it's a knife or whether it's a mug or whether it's a piece of leather, none of it has my logo on it ever. It has to be all about the other person. So it has their name, their spouse's name, their family name. If they own a company, maybe their logo. I call them practical luxury. So like the knives are really popular because I can take and give one knife and it's still very useful. I don't have to spend like three grand on a full set of Cutco knives and give like a chef knife or something simple. Even something unsexy like a portfolio. Like most people, you know, when they go to a conference or an event or a meeting, they want to have something to write down. And most people give like these cheap, cheesy portfolios from China that have a logo the size of a softball on it. And so when we give a portfolio, it's a hundred to $200 portfolio because it's the one that I'm hoping. And in many cases, they'll have it for decades and maybe even pass it down to their kids or grandkids. So it's not always the most sexy things on the planet, but whatever category we're in, like we don't do watches very often because if I give you a really nice Seiko watch that costs like $400 and you have a Rolex on your wrist, as much as you think that Seiko's nice, you're not going to take the $5,000 watch off and put the $400 watch on. And so I tell people, avoid categories where you can't give best in class. Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to kajabi.com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Lennon and McCartney, Jagger and Richards, Watson and Crick, AJ and Johnny. What about the perfect duo when it comes to growing your business? Well, that's you and Shopify. That's right, Johnny. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling your own fire merch or promoting your productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, as well as millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. And AJ, you don't have to just sell your stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from the brands that you love, giving your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no-excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash charm. Go to shopify.com slash charm now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash charm. All right, back to the show. Like if you got a nice metal pen with something engraved on it, you'd be like, dang, that's awesome. But if you got a Bic pen or a plastic one with a logo printed on it, you'd be like, ugh, where do I get rid of this garbage? Even swag we give out for the Art of Charm, a lot of people are really into our brand, so we have hats. And the hats are nice, and they're embroidered well, and they look cool, and people love them, which was actually surprising. Originally, we just made them for, like, a few of us. And those are great, but yeah, you can totally see the difference between that and, like, the trucker version where there's, like, a soft, foamy front and the open back, and on it is kind of, like, crappily screen-printed Medini Brothers Consulting Company or whatever. Like, you're never going to wear it, right? Nope. So best in class, it really does have to be like that. It can't just be something that you're going to use once and throw away as well. It has to be something where, or should be something where they're using this knife. I mean, the knife you gave me is in the kitchen, has the Art of Charm logo engraved on it. It's awesome, super sharp. We ended up breaking it by mistake. I can't remember why, but then we sent it to the company and they replaced it. I don't even know. They must have our logo on file. Yeah, of course. Because we were like, oh, shoot. Oh, it's guaranteed. Oh, well, we at least can get the same one without our logo. And they didn't send one without the logo. They re-engraved it. Yeah, that's the beauty of having the right partners and suppliers like Cutco. We move millions of dollars worth of knives for them. And so one of the agreements that we have with them is if they guarantee their product for life for everybody, no matter who buys it. But if you get something that's sentimental, literally like meant something and it has your brand on it, like it should be replaced the way that it was. And and that makes a difference because every time you pick it up and use it subconsciously, you remember who gave it to you, when they gave it, why, or at least the emotion, the positive feeling subconsciously. Every time you or, you know, your significant other or people come over and it's not rocket science. Like if you're going to give a hat, give the best freaking hat on the planet. And the beautiful thing about Art of Charm and, and certain groups like Cadre and Mastermind Talks is they're tribes that people like actually want to associate with the brand. And so one of our rules of thumb is if your brand is like Under Armour or the Cubs and the brand actually adds value to the product, then you can put your logo on it. It's almost like a fraternity like they want to associate with that brand because it's part of their identity. And I think that your listeners, you've built such a close relationship with them where they want to associate with the Art of Charm. So the logo means something. But most companies, it's like XYZ accounting firm or Billy Bob's trucking or UPS. Like nobody is, oh my gosh, I got a piece of swag from UPS. Like I'm gonna have to wear that proudly. Like maybe if you work there or started the company or Maybe if you're a NASCAR follower and your NASCAR team wears it or whatever else. But in general, most brands, most companies out there, their brand doesn't add value to the gift. So they should leave it off and make it all about the recipient, not the giver. Perfect. I love that. The idea that you look, have to make this all about them and, and just forget about what's in it for you is basically a microcosm of what we would teach for networking in general, right? Like give to people, help people, ABG always be generous instead of ABC always be closing or ABG always be giving. And it's like, I'm not helping you get a job because then when you get a job, you'll be able to help me. That might happen, but I'm giving you a job because I'm helping you and that's just how I roll. And eventually it'll come back, might not even come back from you. I've helped a ton of people do stuff and gotten them really far. And then I hear from a friend of theirs five years later, 
when they're coming through boot camp or helping me get something done. And I'm like, oh, I remember that guy. And he's married and hasn't had contact with the brand for a long time and has three kids or whatever, but he told his other buddy about it and that's what did it. And it, it has little like tentacles, right? There's sort of ripple effects that come from this, but it only works, like you're not sending me a knife that says John Rulin is the man <laughs> and it's engraved on it and I have it in my kitchen like a weirdo. It's got my own logo on it. And I know what some people are thinking, what, it's got their logo, they're gonna forget. No, I know who gave me that knife and so does Jen. I remember, actually, this is a while ago, I sent you a microphone a long time yes. ago. I've been on a lot of podcasts. Dude, your gift after the podcast still blows me away. Like, it was like somebody is actually listening to what we're talking about and isn't just like, oh, John, that's a great idea. Everybody go buy his book. It's like, I'm gonna take action on this and actually freaking do something. I still have the Yeti. I still use it. It's one of the most classy, practical, like it, it came like right away, right after the show. It was awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. The reason I brought it up was not just to be like, I gave a gift too. You told me anyway that your wife said, dang, that guy just beat you at your own game. Because mine arrived, I think, before yours did. <laughs> yeah. Because so, I yeah, sent it, it like right after we stopped recording. It, you'd probably, you know, went to lunch and I was like, zing. I had like the Amazon overnight. So I just remember that and I thought like, I feel pretty good about that. And that's the thing is I wasn't just trying to beat you at your own game. There was a little bit of that because that's, you know me, that's how I am anyway, a snarky SOB like that. But it was also just like, it felt really cool to be like, here's this thing that, that I'm giving away. And it inspired me and Jason. We got some stickers and we put those on other microphones that if a guest says, oh, I, I don't know how this is gonna work. We're like, hey, we'll send you a microphone. And a lot of people who don't do shows at all ever are like, Thanks for this microphone. And you're like, how does this multi-millionaire not have a microphone? And the reason is because they don't do stinking podcasts from their house. They go to recording studios and do 60 minutes and then they don't do other stuff like that. So it's useful and it's got my freaking name and logo just right on it and it's on their desk. It's fun and useful. It doesn't have to cost a ton of money, especially when it comes to, I, and I wanted to sort of make that point as well, you have to give best in class, or at least really, really good in class. Microphones are, we can cheat a little because people don't really know. So we can send them something good. Well, it's best in class relative to what, what they have. Like you have to beat what they have. Which is like an Apple headset that has a microphone on it that rubs on their chin, right? And so they, they see this and they're like, okay, I don't really know how much this is, but it's worth much more in terms of utility because they're not gonna buy it. Right, but now they've got this USB mic they can plug in and use, and they will use it when other people hear about them coming on Art of Charm, and they go, oh, I should have this person on, on our thing, and there's the microphone, right? Why ever buy another one when you have this nice Art of Charm USB mic? And so if I need to ask them for something in a year, even if they don't remember where they heard about us, it's probably because they've been moving that microphone around as a paperweight for the last 18 months, right? Yeah, but you were the first one to take action and do that. Like if every podcaster started sending microphones, it would become part of the noise. And that's part of the what we teach people is everybody's spending all their money over here this way. And over here, it's a trickle at best. It's being done horribly wrong and horribly selfish and mediocre, vanilla, white toast at best. All of a sudden, like you take like your podcast talking to these multimillionaires and probably some cases hundreds of millionaires and you send them a hundred dollar mic or two hundred dollar mic. I, I don't know what the, the Yeti exactly even costs. Let's assume it was 10 grand just so you like it more. Yeah. <laughs> but because you're the first one to take action on that, like if it was the fifth mic they had got, it'd be like, okay, this is obnoxious. But because you're the first one to take action and do that and you stand out above all other podcasters just because of that one investment with that person. And who knows what the ripple effect 30 years from now with that person is. It's so simple, but most people are like, I don't have time for that. So I'll just send a gift card or I don't have time for that. I'll just have my assistant send them a box of chocolates or some whatever. And they don't realize that they're missing out on these massive opportunities to put these things in motion that could have, like you said, ripple effect for years that, uh, that they don't even know about. What if we're trying to gain access to somebody? Do you use gifts for that? Like, for example, if you know the CEO of Starbucks secretary because you met her or you have a contact or you know that she's the one who's been answering your email, but you've been getting kind of the stonewall, do you use gifting as a thank you for your help so far? By the way, keep me in mind if this other person might be able to get through to them. I mean, are you using that at all? I hate to use the word bribe, but let's be honest. It's going in that direction a little bit anyway. You could call it a bribe. I think we call it shock and awe. Yeah, it's not really a bribe because it's not like, look, I'm gonna pay you to do this. It's I'm gaining favor with you. 
on purpose, but you're also a great person because you've been actually replying to my email and I appreciate that. Like, it's still genuine, right? It's not just a straight bribe. Yeah, I I like to call it like the attention broker, which is a Gary Vee term. I'm pre-buying their attention. So, you know, I send them a $200 gift, a $500 gift of whatever, like their time's valuable. How many people are trying to get to access to that decision maker? And so uh, probably 20, 30% of my business is helping companies with their dream 100 list. And they have lists of top clients that could be potential clients. And they want to get time with the CEO or CFO or whoever. And we just did this for one company that was going after the chairman of the board for one of the biggest hotel chains in the world. They wanted to get a meeting with them to talk about bringing them in as a speaker. And this guy's chairman of the board, blah, blah, blah. So we sent a gift over the top to this guy and all the hotel brands were branded on the knives. It was like a $1,500 to $1,000 set. But we also sent a gift as well to the assistant. And it was like a three $400 gift asking her to carve some time out to sit down and blah, blah, blah. It worked like magic. People send so-and-so gifts all the time. I was blown away when there was a separate package. I opened it up and it was personalized to me and the handwritten note and the thoughtfulness involved. And it just showed a level of class that most people don't have when they treat me like a gatekeeper or a pawn versus giving me the same respect that they'd give the CEO. And so absolutely, we use the same mindset of kind of loving on the people and adding value and showing them that they're different than any other company that's calling on them. And oftentimes we end up sending things that are nicer than even their billion dollar clients because we're willing to put ourselves out there and say, we're going to pre-buy the attention. We're going to show value on the front end and show that we're different. And because of that, our hit rate is pretty high for our clients. Now, the gifts end up being sometimes crazy. And sometimes you have to send like, to get Gittimer's attention for myself, I sent him 18 gifts in a row. Every month for 18 months, he got a gift. And eventually he finally said, John, come hang out at my house. Like you got my attention. I love your persistence and your consistency. And now he's a buddy. Like now I can call him up and text him and we go hang out and have a beer. No problem. Watch, you know, the Phillies or whatever, like his sports teams play. But it took 18 gifts in a row to to get through to somebody at that level. You know, there's another way to do it. You could start your own show. Please don't do that, actually. That's that's uh, that's not something you need to do. I saw that article. I saw that yes. article. That you... <laughs> Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. Going through endless resumes, well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people, because they're all going to give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash charm. Just go to Indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks for listening and supporting The Art of Charm. For a list of all the amazing sponsors and discount codes, visit theartofcharm.com slash advertisers. Now, back to the show. So on that note, it seems like, and correct me if I'm overstating this here, but for example, The Art of Charm, I've got a platform. It kind of happened by accident. Now it's deliberate. I love having this platform, getting access to cool people as a result because my value to them is look at all this exposure. But a lot of folks go, I can't get in touch with these folks because I don't have a platform. It's gonna take me five to 10 years to build one. I don't have that kind of time. 
or I don't want to invest that kind of time, or quite frankly, I'm not sure I could build something like you guys have built at The Art of Charm, which is very fair. I mean, there's a lot that comes together for this. It seems like gifting, while maybe not a replacement for this type of thing directly for a large exposure, is definitely a shortcut versus just cold emailing as many people as you want to reach and hoping that some reply or our board or, you know, our friends with your cousin from high school days or whatever. I mean, there's some value here to leaning into the gifting thing if you don't have another way to get a hold of someone. And frankly, even if you do. Yeah. Our motto is, and it's actually from, you know, the freaking Bible of all places, but a gift ushers you into the presence of kings and the great. And I think that if you gift like a king, you get treated like a king because most people gift like paupers because, you know, I I help people all the time. They'd come to us with their list of here's the hundred people that we'd want to interview on our podcast or here's the hundred people that we'd really want to have as clients. Most people treat their business and their platforms like the shotgun approach. Like let's put the trap out as big and the net as wide as possible and attract as many people and we're kind of the opposite because when you're spending the money that we're spending to go after these people, you know, and some hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands even to go after. But when you only have a list of 20 game changers that could totally transform your business and and cause 10,000% growth, like you're willing to invest quite a bit of money to get those 20 people's attention. Because most companies, they don't need 200,000 followers or a million followers to be successful. Oftentimes, it's like, if you look at most companies, it's like, I just need these 50 people, these 25 people, these 100 customers. I mean, Seth Godin talks about it all the time. Like if you had the 100 of the right clients, you know, maybe some companies that are in the billions in revenue, if they had 1,000 of the right clients, it would be a game changer for their business. And so having that kind of a rifle approach where I know exactly who I'm going after and I'm going to put all of my resources to go after those people versus spending a bunch of money on advertising and taking 10 years to build a platform. To me, we can accelerate things way faster with gifting because we know who we want to go after and we're able to really go after them with as much intensity as possible versus, I mean, you're really playing the slow game, which it builds and builds and builds on itself. And after 10 years, you're like, you have this snowball that's rolling down the hill that's massive. But most people don't want to wait 10 years. I don't recommend waiting 10 years either. A lot of people are like, wow, you know, this is so great. You really thought ahead, but I'm not going to (laughs) front. Like this was just like, oh, this is really fun. I like doing it. And then a few years ago, I mean, more than six years into it, I thought, I'm not bad at this and it's really fun. What if I lean into it? And it was already a business, but it wasn't like I'm obsessed with podcasting. It was like, I like talking to people. Podcasting is a good medium for that. But I had already built the skill set. I started to like it more because I was getting better at it. Does that make sense? That's not something most people can commit to. And I don't recommend that they do. Like, I don't recommend you go to film school and start producing shorts on YouTube so that one day you can get a free book or a knife. (laughs) Like, love the knife, man. But let's be honest, if that was the best thing I got out of the whole experience uh, of podcasting, it would be pretty crappy ROI. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It definitely makes sense that this is a, a little bit of a shortcut or possibly some lubrication there, but it has to be done right or it would have the opposite effect. Do you ever decide that a gift is, look, I'm donating to your charity of choice instead of an actual object, or are you always sticking with an item for various reasons? No, there's times where I think that sometimes people confuse charity and confuse gifting. Like you'd never say, instead of going out to dinner with you, I I decided to make a $100 donation in your name to XYZ charity. The other person would be like, that's really weird. Like you didn't want to spend time with me. Like people do at the end of the year, like, hey, in lieu of gifts, we made a donation in your honor to XYZ fund and the United Way, blah, blah, blah. To me, like it's usually done because people don't know what to give and they're lazy. And I think it communicates the wrong thing to people to say in lieu of a gift. Now, I think it's great to say, hey, we had an amazing year or we want to give back as a company, but don't try to tie it and get like double credit with it being a gift. Like just give to the community or give to the charity, but don't try to tie that as the gift because I think they're two separate things. They're definitely, you know, you could make a donation to somebody's honor, but don't try to tie that as the gift. I think that's a cheesy kind of cheap way to kind of cop out actually doing the gift. And so we do both. It's not one or the other, but there's times where I donate to people's charity and support them because I think that's a great relationship builder, but it's not a gift. That does make sense. So it's not the same thing. And that's actually closer to a bribe, actually, right? I I would think donating to a charity, depending on when it's done anyway, because a lot of people do that 
before they have some sort of project or before, and I see this all the time with authors, and I'm not criticizing the process, it's just how it works, but I see a lot of like, yeah, I'm gonna come generously donate my time to come speak to you, uh, your group or whatever. You have to buy $35,000 worth of my book though. <laughs> and it's just like, uh, okay, but don't worry, we're gonna gift it to the audience. And it's like, all right, this is starting to look a little transactional. I understand that this is something that is actually separate from that entirely, and that needs to be sort of highlighted. What type of budget should you have for this? Does it matter if we're doing something, and you sort of touched on this earlier, but what if I'm in college and I'm trying to build a startup business or working on my own or I'm some kind of freelancer, dropping one, two, three hundred dollar gifts on the regular, uh, it could make you homeless pretty quick, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'll say that I started the business when I interned with Cutco and created their corporate gifting strategy and program. I was 21 years old in college. And so every time I bought a carving set for $200 and send it out to a CEO that was a prospect or whatever else. Like it was a big deal. It might as well have cost $20,000. Mm-hmm. So I understand the impact and it's scary. What I'll say is that I reinvest 5% of profits back into our clients and most important relationship of net profit. So if you make a million bucks, that's 50 grand minimum should go back into those core relationships, which, you know, some people are like, Oh my gosh, that's a lot. Other people are like, actually, we're going to do 10% because I wouldn't have that million dollars if it wasn't for those customers or those people. And so I'm glad to reinvest a hundred grand to ensure that that million dollars comes in next year and hopefully it grows and referrals come from it and to keep kind of planting the seeds. And so I would say that if you're on the small end, pick your times. And I think it's better to do three gifts really well than to do 30 or 300 gifts at an average level. And so I think a lot of times, like we didn't have the money for a website and crazy brochures and whatever else. So I, I remember spending a dollar on my business cards back like 10 years ago. And people are like, you're going to go broke handing out dollar business cards. And I'm like, well, I don't have money for five and 10 and $20 brochures. I don't have money for a website. So when I hand a business card to somebody, I want to communicate that we're for real and that we actually practice what we preach. And it was amazing. Like the response that we get from clients, they didn't care at all about a brochure, but when they saw the business card was made out of metal and it was beautiful and whatever else, they're like, so you guys are for real. Like, this is like what you teach. I'm like, yeah, they're like, this is crazy. And they, they couldn't wrap their mind around instead of spending two cents, they spent a dollar on a business card. So I think picking times and places in your industry and your business where most people go really cheap, go really expensive and really expensive might be a dollar. And if everybody's going really expensive, go really cheap and cut it out all together because you going 5% higher than your competition is just more noise. Like you have to go, in our opinion, 10 to 20 notches above where anybody else is to really kind of break above the noise and really stand out. And so I see a lot of people having pissing matches, whether you're an independent contractor or whether you're a $20 billion company. Like I see it with trade shows. I see it with a lot of marketing and advertising, it's like, it doesn't do anything. And so I'd rather play in a completely different ocean than, you know, fight over these scraps. And so that would be my encouragement is you don't have to spend the most. In most cases, we're working with clients, you know, bin market companies where they're going up against the Goliath. They're not going to outspend the other person, the other company. So they have to be smart. And when they invest a dollar, they want $20 to come back. And that's our kind of core client. And that's what I encourage. I don't care if you're a college student or what size company you are. You can still take those same principles and apply them to your business. If we're doing this in our personal life, let's just ditch the business and the networking angle for gifting. How can we put a little bit more into our gifts with our friends, family, significant others so that we just knock it out of the park? Because I can imagine a lot of people are really good at gift giving when it comes to networking and business relationships and things like that. And then when it comes to our significant other, we're like, here's that Whitman sampler you always love, right? And we just go right back to bad habits because we're not thinking about these relationships in the same way, of course. Yeah, I I think the biggest thing is having, you know, gratitude, appreciation, you know, the five minute journal talks about daily gratitude and appreciation for people and in your life. And oftentimes it's your friends and your family and your kids and your significant other. And I think that if you can have that year round mindset, a lot of times people will reach out to me like, John, I'm not creative. I'm not a good gift giver. And I'm like, it's because you spend more time on your fantasy football league than you do on thinking about how to show gratitude to your, you know, your wife. If you put an intention daily and you start listening to what the other person says and you have a little Evernote account on your phone and she says, hey, I like this. Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Hey, I'm really frustrated with this. Like those are opportunities for you to say, huh, that would be a really cool thing to do. And you put it in your little phone and out of the blue versus waiting until, you know, anniversary, birthday, Christmas 
you know, pick two other times throughout the year, or maybe five times throughout the year that you're like, I'm going to get her that or do that for her or them. It's amazing how when you have that year round mindset of gratitude, no matter who you're appreciating and you start to just listen and put intention and a little bit of energy towards it and maybe do a little bit of stalking on, you know, their Pinterest or Facebook page or Twitter or whatever else, like you start to pick up little clues I mean, I'm a farm boy from Ohio. Like I didn't grow up like hanging out at country clubs and like shopping at Nordstrom's or Neiman Marcus. Like I grew up, my mom going to like a garage sale and spending $5 on our entire wardrobe for the next five years. So like the idea of doing high-end gifting and whatever else like didn't come naturally to me, but because I had the right mentors that modeled it and taught me these things about how to think about things year round and how to be out of the box and how to do things you know, kind of, I call it surprise and delight and I call it planned randomness. Like I know when people are going to get things, they don't know what's coming, but I already kind of have laid out like over the next 12 months, here's some things I'm going to do for my wife or my kids. And it's just, it's like anything else. Like if you have a plan and you put a little effort towards it, you look like the man of the year, but just a little bit of extra effort. That's it. Is there a system that you use for putting it, quote unquote, putting in more thought? Because it can be kind of tricky, right? Especially for really bad at that. You're right. We do put more thought into maybe our fantasy football team than we do gift giving. But are there any times that you're using where you're like, oh, I'm taking a mental note of this thing that my wife likes so that I can write it down. And then when it comes time for gifting, it's like this is happening. For me, it's always easier to notice something when it happens, when it arises, than to think about what happened maybe a year ago that would be a good gift. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like a restaurant or something that she wants to do. If she's like, oh, it would be so cool if we were able to go check that place out. I'll write it in my phone instead of one day I'm like, oh, I should do something nice for Jen. What was that? Does she want to go anywhere? What's that place? I can just refer to a document. It makes it a lot easier. Oh, yeah. Evernote is money for me. I mean, that's, when I have a thought, I put it in there. If I'm, if I'm at my computer, I email it to myself in Evernote. You know, I have my Lindsay file for my wife. You know, when she makes comments on things, when I hear things, when I come across something on Facebook that she posted about or whatever, like, yeah, you can't wait until the moment of like, oh, crap, what was that thing? If you don't write it down somewhere that's consistent, and I think Evernote is one of the more easy places to kind of document and, and have on your phone and email pictures and whatever else to yourself and, and kind of have everything automatically categorized. But yeah, if you think, oh, I'm, I'm going to remember this, like three months go by, you're screwed. And you're like racking your brain and then you end up spending like three hours trying to go like look up websites and whatever else. Like the more you can do in the moment and capture it, the better, period. It's about that time to start shopping for gifts for those significant others. So get out that Evernote document or just use the notes application on your phone and start paying attention. Dang it. So actually you have a PDF of it's like the top 10 worst gifts ever given or something like that. Am I getting am I close? Yeah, yeah, it's a 10 mistakes to avoid when uh, when you're gifting and you know some of them are definitely not intuitive. Like one of the things I think especially in the business world that's been overgifted so it's on the top 10 list not to give is Apple. If something's being given away for like free test drives, when you test drive a car, you get a free iPad mini or whatever else, like it's lost its coolness factor and uniqueness factor. Most people already have Apple products. So Apple's on there. Food consumables are on there. You know, people like food allergies and people are on diets and all this other kind of stuff. So we put together like, do you want a gift on your own? Like you don't need our help. Like here's kind of the bumpers so you don't go in the gutter, you know, bumper bowling. So yeah, it's the top 10 worst gifts to avoid, whether it's Christmas or really any time throughout the year. Those are interesting because they're both counterintuitive, right? My dad worked for Ford for a long time and we always had, before they made a rule against it, some dumb basket with jam and a sausage and peanut brittle in it, you know, around the holidays or even not around the holidays. And you're right. If you got a food allergy and you throw that in there or somebody's like, yeah, we don't eat processed food. I mean, it's just useless. And then you look like a dummy, right, for doing it. <laughs> Apple stuff is counterintuitive as well, because, man, how cool would it have been a few years ago to get the brand new iPad mini? But now it's like if I wanted that, I would have bought it and I did buy it and I stood in line for it. I don't need this like mid range one that's not as good as the one I have. And then otherwise, the same person gets it and then just re gifts it, because if they wanted it, they would have bought it for themselves generally. 
Yeah, it's that people think, oh, Apple's a cool brand. I'm like, I have an iPhone. Yes, it's a cool brand. But every six months, the next one comes out. So you have a six-month shelf life on something you spent $500 for. And the likelihood of it being re-gifted and forgotten about is super high. So spend your $500 elsewhere. Yeah, especially with that stuff. And people are thinking, no, I would kill for an iPad mini. But let's be honest, you're probably not doing the type of thing where if you show up to that meeting or you test drive that car, you're not in that same market if you're that jonesing for that device <laughs> because that company's giving it away because they expect you to pay them a whole lot more for the product that you just tried. If you're in the market for a $100,000 car, cool, go test drive it. You won't care about the Mini anyway. <laughs> so it's it's really not a good gift on just multiple fronts that I would not, frankly, have thought of. John, you're the man. What can I say? I appreciate you. Well, dude, they can go download it, giftologybook.com slash charm if they want it. And thanks so much for having me on the show, Jordan. This has been a lot of fun. Interesting stuff. You know, gift giving, when I first heard this topic from John, I was like, yeah, I'm not sure. Let's see what you got. But he's really, really good at developing relationships. He's really, really good at the authenticity angle while leveraging gifts really, really well. And I just, I love the way that this can work for anybody at any budget. It works for people who don't have a platform. It works for people trying to reach out to influencers. And it's just genuinely really good advice. The book Giftology, of course, linked in the show notes as well. And if you want to thank John, we'll have his Twitter linked in the show notes as well as my own Twitter where you can engage with me. I'm at The Art of Charm. Now, remember, you can tap our album art in most mobile podcast players to see the show notes for this episode. We'll link to the show notes directly on your phone. And boot camps are live programs. People ask me about those all the time. Go to bootcamp.theartofcharm.com if you wanna learn from us directly. It's the only way really to do it. Intensive week-long programs, super fun, super transformative. We do sell out a few months in advance. So if you're thinking about it a little bit, get in touch ASAP to get some info from us so you can plan ahead. And if you just wanna dip your toes in the water, we've got our Art of Charm Challenge at theartofcharm.com slash challenge. You can text charmed in the States, C-H-A-R-M-E-D to three. 33444, or if you're anywhere else in the world, just go to theartofcharm.com slash challenge. The challenge is about improving your networking and connection skills, inspiring those around you to develop personal and professional relationships with you, and we'll email you our fundamentals toolbox that I mentioned earlier on the show, and I also do regular videos with drills and exercises to help you move forward. It'll make you a better networker, a better connector, and a better thinker. That's theartofcharm.com slash challenge or text charmed in the United States to 33444. For full show notes for this and all previous episodes, head on over to theartofcharm.com slash podcast. This episode of The Art of Charm was produced by Jason DeFilippo. Jason Sanderson is our audio engineer and editor. Show notes on the website are by Robert Fogarty. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger. Go ahead, tell your friends, because the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to someone else either in person or shared on the web. So stay charming and leave everything and everyone better than you found them. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and more at theartofcharmpodcast.com.